You're listening to the Effective Statistician, episode number 51, How to get most out of a conference, an interview with Kate Taylor, the chair of the PSI conference in 2019. Welcome to the Effective Statistician with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieskes, a weekly podcast for statisticians in the health sector designed to improve your leadership skills, widen your business acumen, and enhance your efficiency, which is actually the topic of today. The PSI conference is coming up. It's from the 2nd to the 5th of June in London, and the early bird trade is approaching soon. It ends on the March of the 20th of 2019, of course. I have already registered and will present there as well. So come to London and then let's meet there. It's really the best conference for statisticians in the pharma world or if you're working for CRO, I can think of. So register now, save the early bird deadline and come to London. In this episode, we talk about how to network, how to prepare for the conference, how to follow up after the conference, really to maximize the impact you can have from the conference. We also talk about a couple of specific topics around the PSI conference of 2019 itself, of course. Well, surely we have the best person for that on the interview. This podcast is created in association with PSI, a global member organization dedicated to leading and promoting best practice and industry initiatives. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the special interest groups, video-on-demand content library and free registration to all PSI webinars, as well as much, much more. Visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about the current PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Effective Statistician. And this time I'm speaking with Kate Taylor, who is the chair of the PSI conference for 2019, which is in London this year. Hi, Kate, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you, Alexander. How are you? Very good. I'm quite excited about this conference. Uh, it's one of my highlights every year uh, for a couple of years now since I've first been at the Berlin PSI conference and that got me really excited. How did you actually uh, get involved into PSI? So I actually originally got involved in PSI when I uh, started working at my current company uh, about um, five and a half years ago now I think. Um, so when I joined the company a lot of people in the department were already involved in PSI and my supervisor um, really encouraged me to get involved as well. So I actually originally started off in the uh, CALC team, so the Careers and Academic Liaison Committee, um, having lots of interactions with universities and schools um, and helping organise their MSc careers fair, things like that. So that was how I originally got involved in PSI. And then I was approached by Nick Manamley um, a couple of years ago, who was the scientific committee chair at the time. 
And he said, we're looking for somebody to join the scientific committee to take on the role of the conference chair in a few years time. You, would you be interested? Um, and I, well, absolutely jumped at the opportunity, to be honest. Uh, it sounded really exciting. Uh, I'd been to a few PSI conferences by that point. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of how I got involved and, and took on this role. What was so exciting about the role for you? Um, I think just because it's, you know, it's kind of PSI's flagship event, so to speak. Um, and I'd had such a good time at previous conferences um, that any chance to be involved in, uh, you know, sort of helping put together the program um, or the social aspects of the conference. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just found it really exciting. Um And I, I know, in a way, I quite like doing sort of organizing type things. Uh, so it was a role that kind of uh, appealed to me quite a lot. That's great. It's always great to kind of fit the right projects to the right people. Um, that's usually a recipe for, for success. So in terms of your, um, let's say, day-to-day -day work, what are you doing there? On the conference, do you mean? No, on the outside of the conference, outside of PSI. Okay, um, so uh, I work for Amgen at the moment um, and I work on one of their um, marketed uh, products on, on leukemia um, and I'm the EU lead for that product. Um, so whilst I do some sort of, you know, bread and butter uh, statistical um, support for uh, ongoing clinical trials, I also do some work um, along with... Um, supporting health technology analyses, um, regulatory submissions, uh, and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the HDA area is also my area where I'm doing my day-to-day -day business. Um, also, um, yeah, as we are recording this, I'm just in the boat of switching from one company to the other. So, <laughs> okay. In terms, let's get back to the conference. Um, You mentioned that um, there's a couple of social activities and that is what the PSI conference also makes so valuable because there's lots of um, statisticians there that have um, come from a pharma background that are working for CROs and that is a, in that kind of perspective pretty homogeneous group Uh, with lots of common interests, lots of common challenges. So it's really great to network at these different social events. So let's first speak about what kind of uh, social events are actually there at the conference. So we've got quite a few planned for this year, uh, which is great. Um, so it's really exciting stuff. Um, so on the Sunday night, so technically before the conference um, even starts, um, There will be drinks with the scientific committee um, on the Sunday night at our HQ hotel for the conference. So that's the Park Plaza in London, uh, London Waterloo. So we booked out um, their terrace, um, weather permitting. Obviously, this is the UK. Um, so anybody who's arriving to the conference a bit early on that Sunday night is more than welcome to join us for some very informal um, drinks and chats. Uh, on the Sunday night uh, so I find that's a really nice way to get the conference started um, and then well on Monday morning for those people who are up for it um, some people within the scientific committee usually organize a Monday morning run 
Uh, now this does start at sort of I think about six fifteen in the morning, so you do have to get up that little bit early. Um, but it's a really great opportunity, I think, to um, get to know a, a group of like-minded people. Um, I mean, absolutely any ability is welcome. I fully confess to being no, I am not a good runner, um, but I um, will definitely go along for that um, on the Monday morning. Um, yeah, I tried to go. I'm doing Amsterdam. it as well. <laughs> good. I tried to go in Amsterdam last year, but I arrived. I think it was about a minute late, and the group had gone. Um, but um, there were a couple of other people who turned up late as well, so we, we couldn't work out where everybody was. So we just had our own little run, just like the three of us. Um, so it was still a really nice way to get to know people. Yeah, it's uh, in Amsterdam was was really really a beautiful run, um, and I'm pretty sure. Uh, Paul will find a very, very nice course this year again. Yeah, up and down the Thames probably, which uh, will be really nice. Yeah, we had a similar run uh, two years ago, up and down the Thames, uh, which yeah. was really nice. Yeah. Okay, that's the Monday morning. What happens later in the week? Uh, so Monday night, we've got another social event. Uh, so we've booked um, Tattershall Castle, which is... Um, basically like a pub on a boat um, moored up uh, on the Thames opposite the London Eye um, so it should be um, you know some spectacular views and it's a really excellent opportunity to have a few drinks and some food with everybody attending the conference in a really sort of informal setting um, I mean I've had some brilliant conversations in previous years at this Monday night social event in fact, I think last year uh, in Amsterdam, I managed to get some people to sign up for organizing conference sessions for this year. Um, so, yeah, these sorts of things are, are, are really valuable um, and it should be a really good night. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, these kind of things are really great to meet former colleagues, to meet um, uh, people from CROs or when you're working for a CRO from so sponsors that you uh, work with on a day-to-day -day basis um, and also get introduced into uh, completely other people that possibly work on uh, similar challenges. And as I said, it's, it's a lot of kind of like-minded folks. So it's really, really easy to get into the same, uh, have common understandings, common topics common challenges yeah absolutely in fact i think uh you and i probably first met for the first time because we were introduced through your current colleague and somebody that i used to work with um so just an example of um of how you can um, expand your network at these kind of events yeah yeah absolutely i um lots of people uh, approached me um and some good friendships actually developed through that so That's very nice. And also a couple of uh, interesting networks to, um, you know, work on methodological things. So, uh, you know, have discussions about that, what, you know, your challenges are there. So it's always very, very nice. Yeah. Okay. That's a Monday night. What happens yeah. later in the week? Uh, so Tuesday night, we have our sort of main social event, so to speak, uh, which is the gala dinner on a Tuesday night. So uh, an excuse for everybody to get a little bit dressed up and have a really good time. So the gala dinner this year will be in the QE2 center. So the same place at the conference um, takes place um, and it'll be in the plenary room as it has been in previous years, but they've got some spectacular views from London um, from that room. Um, 
you know, I, I mean, I really think there's um, no better way to socialise and network with your colleagues than over a few drinks um, and hopefully a session on the dance floor later in the evening. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That actually was really, really good in Amsterdam as well. Um, I really enjoyed that one. And the, um, it's a really nice setup also from the gala dinner as you're sitting around uh, larger tables. So yeah. that makes it very, very nice to uh, speak to lots of other people. Um, yeah, because I mean, I guess yeah, particularly if there's only a couple of you from one particular company, then you will inevitably inevitably end up on a table with p other people from other companies. Um, and yeah, just a really good way to get to to get to know other people. It's very easy to stand up and go and speak to other tables as well. Um, I know there was a lot of that done in Amsterdam. Um, and yeah, I just hope that 2019 can live up to the, the 2018 gala dinner because uh, that was my, my personal favorite from all the previous years I've been at the conference. Yeah, that was really an amazing setup in this beautiful hall in Amsterdam uh, with the light and, and everything like that. And uh, an amazing DJ, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh, definitely one of a kind, wasn't he? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And the party was really, really good. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's the people who really make the party. So, um, I, yeah, looking to all this year's attendees to uh, to help me uh, get up and get the party started. <laughs> okay, very good. And um, then the Friday uh, comes and uh, then the Wednesday comes and we don't have a special event there. But of course, throughout the um, conference, we have uh, lots of breaks. We have the lunch breaks um, and we also have the uh, poster session. Yeah. Um, so the poster session uh, is always particularly good as well. Um, again, actually a reasonably informal session people tend to stand by their posters lots of opportunity there I think uh, even more so to talk about um, you know the statistics and, and why we're there and looking at people's methodologies and what trials they've been working on what therapeutic areas they're interested in um, so uh, yeah um, a really I think much uh, in some ways easier um, situation to strike up those sorts of conversations yeah, and you will see basically who's presenting because before the poster sessions, there's the um, sixty seconds presentations of the posters, which should, which is an awesome session. Yeah, it's that's one of my personal highlights. Uh, I'm always really excited to see what people have come up with. Uh, there's usually some very imaginative ways that poster authors come up with to try and get people sort of really excited about their poster. Um, yeah. In fact, Alex, I think you yourself were involved uh, in, in showcasing some software uh, by strutting your stuff across the stage last year. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to do something similar this year. <laughs> <laughs> that was really, really awesome. Yeah, Claire Britton uh, yeah. recruited me for some acting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forced you into it, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've, I mean, I've even seen people get chocolates involved as bribery as well. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping to see what people come up with this year. Okay, very good. So these are all the kind of different networking events. And uh, we are talking about the PSI conference, but most other conferences also offer lots of these networking events. And of course, that it comes for a reason, because I think the um, 
speaking to other people, uh, learning from them, um, uh, building relationships is really, really important for long-term success um, because I think you just get lots of other opportunities through that. Opportunities for new jobs, opportunities for new ideas, opportunities um, to help each other. And that is really one of the great things about PSI. It's, uh, it's this community that is very open and very nice to uh, approach others in. Do, what are kind of other benefits of networking that you can think of, Kate? I mean, uh, at, at the PSI conference, um, we also have these uh, sort of excellent opportunities for you to meet the exhibitors as well in the in the exhibition hall. Um, and I mean, you've mentioned um, if you were looking for a new job, uh, then it's an excellent place to do so. Uh, but I think if you're meeting the exhibitors, you don't have to be looking for a new job. I think it's a really great opportunity to have an informal chat with other people in the industry, see what other companies are up to. Uh, what are they working on? What software are they using? Uh, what are they thinking about trial design? What's coming up in the future? Um, and actually, a lot of them have some really great games and activities to get involved in as well. So I know like last year, there, somebody had a Scrabble board. There was a quiz going on. I think someone had a Nintendo SNES competition. <laughs> uh, just, I just think all these sorts of things are really fun um, and a really good way to sort of break the ice and get people networking um, and, and talking about things. Yeah. And this uh, exhibition hall is open throughout all the breaks. So that's also a very, very nice uh, networking opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And you never know. Maybe you meet your next supervisor or maybe you need the next uh, customer or the next uh, vendor that you're working with. So um, this industry tends to be rather small. So you will run into people uh, quite often. So that's just very, very nice. Okay, so uh, in terms of networking, um, how do you do that personally? Do you have any kind of uh, challenges with that? Um, well, yeah, I guess I, well, I have a few sort of tips and things that I try to do when I'm networking. Um, I think for me, the biggest one is to try and just make yourself look approachable. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we're at a conference, we're away from our day jobs for three days. We all need to check work email occasionally. But I really think that by sort of circulating, looking open, looking engaged, it's much easier for you to go and talk to people or for people to approach you than if you have to be on your phone or your laptop the whole time. Um, I tend to go and talk to people about what their favorite sessions have been so far or maybe what they're looking forward to in the conference. Um, not only for me is that something that people are generally quite enthusiastic of speaking about but from a slightly selfish perspective that helps me to shape future conferences um to see what people have been enjoying uh, maybe what we changes we can make in following years and suggestions that people have um i think it's just really also all about being not afraid to talk to people that you don't know there will be other people there who don't know anybody there um and these are the sorts of people that we really want to welcome into the PSI community um, and get them um, involved and engaged and get them to come back in following years. Um, and I think also to not be afraid to talk about something that isn't statistics. Um, I mean, you know, we all need a break from it. It um, can be sort of 
long, intense, but brilliant days at the PSI conference. Um, so um, sometimes we need a break from statistics. There are other things uh, that we can talk about as well. Yeah, I think lots of statisticians are more on the introvert side. So um, everybody is, you know, a little bit has this kind of tendency to more be on its own. And just knowing that most of these people will tend to be more introvert is makes you feel kind of safe because it's in a, uh, everybody is up against the same, um, let's say, yeah, social yeah. barriers. <laughs> and um, I think it's just good to kind of uh, flex the style a little bit and um, approach people, people that are, you know, standing alone at a, um, at a desk or something like this. It's uh, always nice to speak to these people and, and learn what they're up against. And I think the, the question about the uh, conference sessions is a, is a great starter. But, you know, I also had really nice discussions about football at, at the PSI conference. Yeah, <laughs> Speak yeah. about yeah, non-statistical non things. So that is a very good way. I also really recommend to um, prepare for the conference in such a way that you don't have too many uh, business calls throughout the conference because that really diminishes the overall value you get from the conference um, and as you said if you're in the breaks always on the phone or on the laptop you don't have actually a chance to uh, get to also of the networking opportunities which is a huge benefit of the overall conference and missing on that is is really a miss yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, so the, one of the main reasons why I go to the conferences is, is for the networking opportunities. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't um, I try to avoid having any calls at all when I'm um, uh, at the PSI conference. And if I need to do an urgent scroll through my emails, I tend to leave it till I'm uh, back at the hotel, either later at night or, or early in the morning. Um, but I mean, I'm quite lucky in that. Really, there doesn't tend to be many, there don't tend to be many things for me that can't wait. I appreciate that's not the same for everybody, but um, yeah, I think if you're coming to the conference and your company is investing that money in you attending, um, then really you need to be present in the conference at the moment. Um, I think otherwise you just regret it. Otherwise, yeah, it's just a waste of money and time. In terms yeah. of that, um, one other tip is for me, I also need kind of my my own time. So I look into the overall schedule and see that, okay, between the sessions and the uh, evening events, there's usually a little bit of time uh, where I can yeah. just be by myself. And yeah. uh, that's a good time to kind of relax, uh, get a little bit of additional energy again, and um, then have, you know, fun in the evening again. Yeah, definitely. Um, and of course, we're in a conference centre again this year, like we were in Amsterdam. So actually, if you're staying in the um, the PSI uh, HQ hotel, uh, there's a sort of 15 minute walk to that hotel. Um, and I found in Amsterdam last year, that was a really 
nice part of the day actually to have that little walk between the two places like you say you have your own time you get that bit of fresh air get yourself prepared for the day or the evening if you're heading back later yeah so i think that is uh also very good in terms of networking uh for introverts especially having this you know planning for this um silent time so to say where you can be just with yourself that helps to uh recharge batteries okay any other kind of tips you have in terms of networking oh the other thing that i wanted to mention uh, that we hadn't brought up yet um was actually networking opportunities for people who are uh young in their career um so we have um a career young statisticians session at the conference where the presenters will be career young but following that um the careers and academic liaison committee um often put on a um career young networking event afterwards um so they try and get all the people who are career young in the conference and that's sort of about five years experience or less uh together in a room just so they have an opportunity to network with their peers uh, they play some fun ice-breaking games, um, and there's tea and coffee available like there are in the um, in the wider breaks. Um, and I just think that's a really nice opportunity to get to know people who are at the same career level as you. Um, and I've attended this event in previous years, um, and it's really, really good. Yeah, that's an awesome event. Okay, um, with that, let's go a little bit into the uh, conference preparation part. What do you do in terms of preparing for the conference as a participant not not as an organizer but as a participant um i mean i guess firstly what i would do is uh make sure i got registered early um so the early bird deadline is the 20th of march this year um so always good to get in and get registered get yourself sorted early on um the scientific program for the conference is available online at the psi website uh so Uh, Go in and check that out, see which sessions are are interesting to you. Um, And then usually around April time, we release the conference app. Um, And this is one of my favorite new additions to the conference in the last few years. Um, Last year, we had a really, really good app. It has so many things on it to help you get prepared um, for the conference and to use during the conference as well, actually. Yeah, I have used this app quite extensively also for um, interactions with people. It it's, has this nice chat feature in there, which is, you know, a little bit like a yeah. mini Facebook for the conference. Um, so, yeah, so it has a, like an activity stream. You can see all your colleagues' photos, any discussions that are going on. Um, that's my favorite probably part of the app, just for people to really feel like they're interacting um, with the conference. But you can also get things like um, pictures, bios, abstracts for all of our speakers. Uh, There are profiles of other conference attendees, so you can scroll through the list, see who's attending the conference. There'll be conference floor plan maps. There's a map of where all the exhibitors are. There'll be a map of London with all the key locations for the conference. Uh, You can rate your favorite sessions. You can make notes within the app. Um, It has a list of all of our very generous sponsors. Oh, what else? Um, Oh, a link to the PSI Twitter page um, and lots of useful links uh, for upcoming PSI events and things as well. Um, So really a one-stop shop for almost everything conference. And I use the app also for planning my conference in terms of which uh, sessions I would like to attend. So uh, 
it has this yeah, feature where you can basically mark your uh, sessions and um, so that you get a kind of conference calendar for all the different sessions you would like to attend. So that helps throughout the conference to know, okay, now I need to go into this room and, or that room and um, doing that. Yeah, I used it for the poster session as well last year. Um, so when they were doing the 60-second poster talks, uh, all the posters I thought were really interesting. You can go into the app and, and star those. So you have a list of numbers that you can go and find in the posters. Ah, that's section a nice afterwards. tip that I didn't know about. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that helps to make the best of the conference. And um, all that is available very, very soon, which is a big advantage of this conference. Um, sometimes I attend conference and then they have these not very telling titles like case studies or something like this, <laughs> where <laughs> it's yeah. really difficult to find out if that session is something for you. Um, here, it's much easier because you, you can see all the abstracts and everything. So it's uh, it's very, very top formative. Yeah. And it's good to kind of um, get organized a little bit early so that you have less stress at the conference. Another thing to... Uh, prepare for the conference is um, to make sure that your calendar is empty, as I said earlier, that you have kind of solved all the different things up front, that you put a out-of-office um, not notifications in and said what I usually also have is um, uh, I let my colleagues know in advance through um, some note in the email signatures that I'm uh, offline during these days so that just sets expectations differently that um, you're not you know expected to to call into lots of meetings during that time yeah i always provide a a, a backup email and, and contact phone number for each of my um studies um on my out of office email uh say when i'm going to be away that i'm at a conference and you know i'll be back on you know, whichever day yeah. it is. Yeah. And it's also good to kind of, uh, what I sometimes do, I look through the attendee list. Um, I usually do that a little bit closer to the conference and, and see kind of what, what people I would like to meet and, and, um, uh, have a follow up with. That's, you know, just gives me a little bit. Yeah. I've done, yeah. I've done that, that gives before. me a little bit more of a, let's say, pressure to actually interact because I'm also, tend to be introvert sometimes. Yeah, well, I'm the same as well. Um, but yeah, I yeah I tend to do that. So like you say, you can use the app, um, go into that and make a, a, a sort of list of, of key people or or influencers who you'd like to sort of go and have a chat with. So, you know, for example, if I need some um, expert guidance on a new phase one study that I'm working on, I'll go, I'll go and seek out James Matcham, have a conversation with him. If I want to go and have a chat about all things Bayesian, you know, go seek out Alan Bedding. If you've got a missing data problem, maybe go around. You can find Michael O'Kelly. Or you know what? Actually, if people are interested in getting involved in PSI, come and find me. Um, go and find Nigel Howitt, our current PSI chair, or Lucy Rowell, who's the next chair. Um, there'll be a lot of members of the scientific committee there as well. Um, all of our profiles will be available on the app with um, lots of nice photos. So hopefully you know what everybody looks like as well. Yeah, actually, I think you can pretty much approach anybody that sits on support of PSI um, yeah, if you absolutely. want to learn more about them. Uh, so um, yeah. about all the different opportunities. And by the way, yeah, we recruit. 
Sorry. If you are attending the PSI conference, you are already becoming a member of PSI as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have access to uh, all of the member benefits for PSI as well. Awesome. So um, is there anything else you're doing to prepare for the conference? Yeah. So I guess the other thing that you can do to prepare for the conference um, is uh, to attend one of our pre-conference training courses as well. And these, I think, are excellent networking opportunities as well, because it's a whole afternoon with a slightly smaller group of people. Um, so perhaps a slightly less intimidating um, setting, so to speak. Uh, so we have two com pre-conference training courses this year, uh, which both look excellent. One's being run at the QE2 uh, and one's being run at the uh, HQ Hotel. Uh, so there's one on stated preference methods, so elicitating patient preferences in the age of personalised medicine, and that's being run by the PSI Benefit Risk Special Interest Group, following on from their very successful session last year. Uh, and then the other one is the evidence synthesis for clinical trials, so, so using historical data uh, and extrapolation, uh, mostly using uh, one of their R packages, Yeah, and in terms of the benefit-risk one, just stay tuned for next week's episode because there we will speak with uh, Maria and Cheryl, who are both organizing this together with a couple of others, this benefit-risk session. And um, you will learn more about benefit-risk and introduction to benefit-risk as well as what you can expect from this session in next week's episode. So just stay tuned to that. Okay, so yeah, I won't provide. I won't provide. <laughs> okay, so um, now let's go into the after conference follow up actions. What do you usually do um, after the conference? So um, I guess another thing that I should have said in terms of preparing for the conference before I get into how I follow up is um, remembering to take my business cards. Um, I know we live in a world of uh, social media and things, but I still find a lot of value in taking my business cards and exchanging um, that information. So somebody has something physical mm -hmm. um, to hold on to. Um, so when I'm then after the conference, uh, you know, I quite possibly have a number of business cards from people that I've met. Uh, I might send a, a follow up email or a LinkedIn invite um, talking about what we talked about at the conference. Um, you know, it's kind of whatever follow up is appropriate. Um, you know, just, you know, let's keep in touch or here's what I'm working on. Let me know how that paper goes that we talked about, those sorts of things. Um, I guess it's also a big part of um, what we do in my company following the conference is feeding back to our colleagues. Yeah. Uh, so we're encouraged to put together a presentation about what our favorite sessions were so we can feed that back to everybody who wasn't able to attend the conference um, so they can then access that content, find out what things were interesting to them, and then maybe get them signed up for the conference the following year. And actually, you can also use that as a reason for your supervisor to attend the conference, that you, you know, provide Absolutely. additional yeah. value to the company and speaking about a couple of the uh, talks that you have seen there. Um, and, uh, you know, with that, just increase the values that you're bringing to the company. And that's a very, very nice thing also from a learning perspective because repeating things yep. really helps to uh, remember things and learn things better, to think things through better and have another follow-up discussions with your colleagues about a couple of topics uh, and relevant topics. Um, that's 
absolutely helpful. In terms of closing the loops on um, with people, I think that is also a very, very good um, thing because that builds your brand in terms of being trustworthy and being um, and following up on things. Uh, something that lots of people will very, very much appreciate. And I need to say I primarily use LinkedIn for that. Yeah, me too. Any other things that you do in terms of following up on the conference? Um, I guess the other thing is um, if you have any conference-specific feedback, um, then we... Um, this can either be provided through the app um, or we send out a feedback form after the conference um, that it's really great if people can fill that in. So if, like I said earlier, it really helps us to understand um, what people have enjoyed about the conference, what they'd like to see done in future years, sessions that were particularly helpful, any session ideas that you might have for following years are also always appreciated. Yeah, that's a very, very nice thing. Also, don't forget to uh, rate all the different sessions because that helps the scientific committee to see what are, you know, good sessions, what are important topics. Uh, of course, uh, people see which sessions are more attended or less attended. That's also kind of voting by feet, so to say. But it, I think yeah. we are not, it's not a conference where only the let's say, most prominent topics like estimates are presented. There's also some niche niche topics, and I think that's quite fair because there's always also some statisticians that work on these niche topics and need to know about that. So, that's Yeah, we want to be representative and, and have something that everybody will enjoy. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that if you're working in pharma or CRO, census conferences, 100% applicable to you. It's actually one of the problems that I usually have. There's uh, three sessions in parallel and <laughs> making the yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. In terms of these conference sessions, looking forward into the scientific uh, agenda for this year, what are your personal highlights? Oh, wow. Um, whoa. <laughs> this is a tough question. We, maybe we should have done a whole podcast just on this. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it already a little bit. Um, one of my main highlights is uh, the one-minute poster review session. Uh, that's always one I look forward to. Um, and then I guess because it's always close to my heart, um, I always look forward to the Career Young Statistician session where we have the Career Young Statistician speaking. Um this is where I sort of made my um, PSI conference speaking debut at the London 2014, I think it was, conference um, at the Tower Hotel. So it's always held a special place in my heart. Um, so if you're presenting in that session this year, um, maybe we'll find the 2024 PSI conference chair at that session. Uh, who knows? Um, and this year we actually had so many career young statisticians submit abstracts that we don't just limit them to that one session. So we had, I think, about 20 career young statisticians submit abstracts this year wow. and accepted accepted 13 of those 20, um, which I really just shows the strength of the young talent in our industry. Um, and PSI are very keen to kind of support that young talent and get people 
into their first conference presentation in a slightly less intimidating um, environment with your peers. So I always really look forward to that session. Yeah, in terms of the acceptance uh, rate, just remember the acceptance rate is about 50% uh, for oral yeah. presentations at PSI because there is uh, usually three sessions in parallel across the three days. There's, uh, of course, the... Um, um, the the uh, keynote speakers and as you said, mm -hmm. this uh, sixty seconds presentations from the poster as well as a regular town hall, which don't have competing sessions. So that limits a little bit the um, space for contributed presentations. So there's yeah, pretty we had fierce competition regarding that. It is. We had seventy three abstracts submitted this year and. We had such a tough time within the scientific committee trying to, you know, pick our favourite abstracts because, well, basically it is quite difficult to get us all to agree on anything because there's always somebody who has that one abstract that they champion for. Um, and actually this year we've added a fourth parallel stream on Monday so we could accept more abstracts because we just it was just so difficult to cut it down. That's awesome. Yeah. Any other personal highlights you have for this year? Uh, so we have a session on portfolio decision making, um, and I think this is shaping up to be a really interesting uh, session. Um, so I know there's an abstract on sort of decision making for single arm studies um, and having matched external control arms. And that's something uh, that I have worked on um, in the um, sort of reasonably recently, actually, um, I was involved in a submission that was very similar to that. So I'm really looking forward to hearing other people's uh, views on that. Um, there'll be stuff in that session about sort of the optimal allocation of R&D budgets, uh, group sequential methods and their impact on portfolio budgets. Uh, so I just think it's really good to have that um, that sort of oversight um, of where your company is heading with your drug rather than just looking at the the one study um, by itself by looking at you know the group of studies where is your portfolio heading what's the company focusing on how can statistics help with that um, I'm really quite excited about that session yeah yeah that sounds very very interesting and of course we have the uh, two keynote speakers uh, what yes. one of which is actually also um, appearing here in the podcast so um if you have not listened to that one it's the um one that went live uh, a couple of weeks ago with robert cuff who um will talk about medical statistics and in the podcast interviews that i have done with him he also provides a little bit of insight what his presentation will be about. It's probably not a standard presentation, so that will be awesome as well. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be really interactive and, and fun. I'm really looking forward to, to, to Robert Cuff's talk. He's an excellent speaker and an excellent presenter, so um, I have high hopes. Okay. Okay, with that, um, thanks so much for this very, very good interview. We talked about how to prepare for the conference, how to... Um, Uh, best network through the conference, what you can do in terms of um, flexing your introvert style if you're an introvert, 
how you can follow up at after the conference in terms of um, closing the loops with those that you met at the conference, exchanging business cards, um, following up on LinkedIn. And also we talked about a couple of highlights of this year's PSI conference, which the early bear deadline will end soon. So just go to psiweb.org, check out for the conference and register there. It's very, very valuable. In terms of um, convincing your supervisor, there's actually a LinkedIn article about uh, convincing your supervisor, as well as a podcast episode that we did about that last year for last year's conference. But most of these um, things are really applicable to this year's conference as well. So just scroll back in your uh, podcast app to uh, beginning of uh, 2018, and there you will find a, a, a podcast episode that is about 10 reasons how to convince your supervisor to support you for traveling to the conference. Okay, with that, thanks so much, Kate. Thank you very much for having me, and I'm looking forward to seeing you at the conference in June. Me too. Bye. Thanks, bye. This show was created in association with PSI. Next week, we have an interview with Maria and Sharul from the PSI Benefit Risk SIG. A SIG that is very, very close to my heart because I was the chair of it for quite some time. Thanks for listening today. And as usual, please visit theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector.